When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You've got to wash the balls pre-kickoff. Excuse me? That plum looks good. You can I trade it for your Twinkie? No, these are my plums. I want to bite into that plum and let the juice spill down my chin. The tingle up the spine, the tingle in the loins. This is the moment you've all been waiting for. Yes, well, I don't know if it's the moment you've all been waiting for, but it's the moment. Yes, as promised, Cursed has gone to Perth, and uh, we all know what that means. Perth is where another big payday is coming for our illustrious leader, Kirst Stanway. She follows the Seventh Circuit, but we threatened it. I don't think anyone believed it was going to happen. Surely the bosses weren't going to sign off on it. But yes, you have him and me together. A kid from Papakura and a kid from Waiuku have somehow got full control of the run home. Brought to you by Mick Delivery today on your Wednesday. John Afoa is in the studio with me. Johnny, who signed off on this? Well, whoever signed off on it isn't going to have a job for much longer. (laughs) Neither him or myself are going to be working in radio much longer, but we'll see how we go. We'll see how we go, yes. Johnny Afar, of course, me and John have known each other since we were 13. Uh, When I was a 52kg Waikou College skinny little first five trying to get out of the way of, I would say, probably 105kg 13-year-old from Papakura, High school uh, with long flowing locks and was running around like a centre, Johnny, it must be said, back in your glory days. Uh, long time ago, that. Very long time ago. <laughs> when you mentioned the long hair, very long time ago, mate. But yeah, uh, 105 was much of what like back then, you know. Um, I hit a, 100 when I was 10, so 13, 14, <laughs> mate, I would have been banging on 110, 115. And of course, this team also... Uh, Included one of our other uh, illustrious teammates and good friends. And I think he was running around at 15 or 13, the one and only Jerome Kano, who would go on to be one of the greatest sixes ever to play the game. Mm, yeah. Obviously, he found a lot of weight when he came onto the scene <laughs> as well, where, you know, he started at 90, 100, and when he got to St. Kent, he was banging on 110 kilos. But, 
you know, the big thing with Jerome, and as a real shame, is when he played his 100th game for the Blues, lined up the kick, and he, like, worm-burned it along the floor. <laughs> yeah, it's a shame we couldn't uh, just get a live feed-in from uh, France today, either there or our other county's under-15 mate, uh, Joe Rokofoka, of course. Uh, lives could have been completely different. We were obviously teammates in county's age group size, the 15s and 16s, and then you three went to St. Kennegan's. Uh, which um, every time I have about six beers with either of you, I always still argue that <laughs> why did you do it to me? Uh, but you tried to get me to come, and we were almost there, um, but I got told I was good enough for the St. Kent's second 15. How, would you, how do you reckon I'd have gone as a St. Kent's boy and then potentially as a proper Aucklander? Mate, um, you would have done well at St. Kent's, you know what I mean? <laughs> Obviously, you had the height, you had the looks. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but not quite the bank account. But there's a lot of rural people, you know, come from St. Kent's. Um, but no, you fit it in well at Wesley, isn't it? You know, obviously yes. you're local, local at Wesley. Yeah. I'm sure you fit in well there yeah. before the brothers. Yeah, I did. I did fit it in so well at Wesley that uh, I was uh, mistaken by my calculus teacher as a albino Fijian. <laughs> one day, one day when he started uh, talking in his native tongue, um, he was surprised that I didn't respond to him because he thought I was Stephen. But Really, I was actually Sidovini back in my homeland, but uh, no, I had to inform him that uh, I didn't have that gift of speaking. And saying uh, that, you got a super deep voice, <laughs> and you had a ton of grades when you are 12, so like, <laughs> I can see where he was going with that. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Brad, uh, come on in, producer Brad. Uh, well, you guys asked for it. You guys said, is Johnny a chance? Yeah. Um, we've got it. He's, def- it. he's definitely uh, lifted up the good looks department uh, <laughs> here on the right. We needed that because when Curse leaves, the looks department goes right down down the toilet so thankfully uh, he's in here Uh, and and did you ever come up against Beav in first 15 rugby John Wesley versus St Kent's Uh, not quite 1A but um, had a real shocker in the old northern regions where um, I was fortunate enough to play for the northern regions A we had this (laughs) gun team all the boys playing probably 10 all blacks in it at least, yep. at wow. least ten All Blacks in it, um, and then we ended up playing in the Northern Region B, which was pretty much the Wesley first fifteen, and I think Beaver cooked like thirteen points and ended up winning the game for him. Yeah, historic day for us. Um, and then that managed that one game got me on the end of season schools tour with Johnny, and we famously got told um, after one particular billets day in Wales, we famously got told on a bus, mind you. Uh, we will never play for another New Zealand team as long <laughs> as we both shall live. Was there a reason given for said comment? We were enjoying ourselves. Uh-huh. Um, no doubt about it. How, sorry, how old were you? Uh, three hospitality, fellas. wasn't it? Yeah, it was three hospitality. 17 or 18. 17 or 18, all <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. Um, we had about a crew of about five of us who were enjoying themselves. Future and, All Blacks. Uh, was there another one in there? Rookie Tapuna was yeah. was accused of it too. <laughs> Scotty Cowan, brother of Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Tim Boys and Jamie McIntosh. Yeah. So a whole yeah. bunch of All Blacks. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, a decent there's, amount. Yeah, so there's a decent amount of uh, quality footballers in there. But yeah, we got told uh, this won't go any further. And was crew. it the manager or was it Joe Smith? No, Joe was on the coaching staff, but it wasn't wow. Joe. It wasn't Joe was at the front fuming on the bus, yeah, just not saying front. anything. Um, it was, I think it was his, uh, his other coach, who, uh, Jerry, Jerry who, who told us that would be the case. Um, but, but, but hey, we, we boxed on, and uh, we, we, we got through that. Uh, ducked and weave. <laughs> we ducked and weave uh, very quickly on that one. But uh, no, so just uh, me and Johnny go back a long way, uh, obviously down uh, – down the motorway from here in the south. As a little teaser, Johnny, later in the show, we've got a segment called Head to Head. And today's Head to Head is obviously you versus Beef, and it's how well do you know your mate? 
That mm. is, so three questions oh. each um, on how well you know your mate. So. There's probably things you don't want to know that we know about each other. <laughs> well, from, from a public point of view, sure. Let's play that game. For the most, for the, for the most part, the three questions are rugby related. Yeah, so okay, yeah, 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 yeah. excellent. Uh, Anything Friday to Sunday, I know everything <laughs> about beef. Monday to Friday, not so much. And I guess uh, the question is, uh, Johnny, is this it? Is are you now stepping into the dark, dark side that I never thought I would be, um, and stepped away from the great game of rugby, and now a media person? Oh, unofficially, officially, you know, I mentioned that last week. Um, yes. I'm not tying my boots up for money anymore. Mm. Um, I've gone the other route where you know I'd rather tie them up for meat rep, meat packs and um, yes. charity games. So that's me at the moment. But I'm uh, enjoying the old stint on the old media. Um, you know, plenty of free food, the odd coin, and you know, free parking. So I can't complain yeah. too much. <laughs> for free parking's critical. Free park in Auckland. Jeez, yeah. you do a lot for that. Be careful. Be careful about playing any club footy. You know, you, you often think in your head, oh, you might get a meat pack or a free handle. Mm. It ends up actually being a very costly night at the bar. <laughs> I've always found, uh, oh, he's here. Uh, yeah. He's He's got plenty. He can buy the bar pretty much. So be be careful uh, not to get caught up with that, Johnny. But uh, no, great to have you here. Uh, the Run Home listeners have been asking for it for a while and we've, we've mm. finally been out of produce it. So thanks to Mac Delivery, we'll get into a Macca's menu and tell you exactly what you've got coming up on your show with Beaver and Johnny. Today, the Macca's menu coming up this hour. The agenda is shortly where Brad brings us under control. The Blues, well, the Blues evergreen midfielder, Bryce Heem, who had a wonderful, wonderful season last year. He's coming up very, very shortly. A TAB Sports update with the one and only Paul Moate. He'll find us some money in the Aussie Open. And our first clue for who am I? After four, new Warriors recruit Kate Paul. What a pickup in the offseason Kate Paul was. And after five, Crusaders coach Rob Penny. And the hard hitting question is why is John Afoa now in the media and not retained from last year's service? Also, we crossed the ditch before six. And today, we have got the superstar singer. Singer, swimmer, uh, Magnuson. Don't laugh, Johnny. It'll happen often. Slightly different professions. And he probably does sing after a couple of golds uh, in the Olympic pool. And the Boz, Mark Bosnich, who I dare say, John, we would have probably enjoyed a night out with if we ever had the mm. opportunity. The Boz, always good to cross to the Aussie boys. That is your Macca's menu, McDelivery, delivering your Macca's favourites straight to your door. It is now time to give a bit of sensibility about this show, The Agenda with Brad. The Agenda. Agenda one. All right, team. Uh, Beave reports coming out today from the Sydney Morning Herald that the Waz, the Warriors, have reportedly tabled a big money offer for Braden Hamlin Uali from the Cronulla Sharks. Three year deal with $2.38 million as a potential replacement for Adam Fanua Blake. Uh, your initial thoughts on that report? Not, wouldn't have been my first target. Uh, I thought we were looking at Kickow. Kickow was the one I wanted. <laughs> Not going to happen, mate. I wanted Kickow. Yeah, um, so, so did the Bulldogs, and they've got him. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. To be honest with you, I don't know enough about uh, Hamlin Ali to, mm. to, to be able to give an opinion. I've, I've obviously watched a lot of league, but he's not somebody who jumps out of that pack. I always think Fanukin and um, 
uh, Rudolph yeah. over two ones out of that pack. One Test Kiwi, uh, and then he's I think he's oh, play, he plays, for, plays for Samoa now. Yes. Uh, but very serviceable prop. And chatting to rugby league commentator Sam Hewitt says he believes he's coming into his prime as a 29-year-old. So, you know, you're going to get 30, 31, 32, 33. So, those could be the prime years for a prop forward, as John would know, of course. 800k, though, it's a lot yeah. of wedge a year for hmm. Johnny. Um, obviously, that's, <laughs> that's, that's astro money when you're, on, when you're on the Bristol deals. Uh, but um, <laughs> thoughts? Uh, tough to replace Adam Fenua Blake. Yeah, tough. Uh, a lot of meters through the middle there. Um, but I feel like sometimes, you know, the prop forwards get a bit of a raw deal, isn't it? Like, you need that go forward, you need that punch. If that's not happening, then. You know what I mean? That's, you're going nowhere, but yeah, that's some serious coin. That's some serious wedge. Johnny, do you do you watch much uh, other sport outside your rugby? Watching you a bit of a Warriors fan? Do you have an NRL team? Because we know yeah, Beaver, of course, yeah, is a Panthers yeah. man. Is there an NRL team that you <laughs> tend to back? The Panthers, is it? Yeah. Um, I am a Parramatta man, oh, Eels okay. man. And um, yeah, the only reason why Beaver loves the Panthers is because we went on tour in under-21s and someone <laughs> had a PlayStation, <laughs> a PlayStation 1 or something. Yeah. And all he used to do is pick the Panthers Let's go to Reese Wesson and like run and try after try. Because <laughs> he was unstoppable on the like whatever it was, 2004, 2005 league game. But that's why he's only a Panthers man. Brilliant, brilliant. Love, would love to have seen that take place. All right, so be friend of yours, Anton Leonard Brown, was in the media today. Says he accepts he has a big leadership role to play this year for the Chiefs, who have lost a lot of experience. Um, what I want to know for you, from as as someone who knows Anton very well, is he a follow me type of leader or a bark the orders type of leader? And and do you think he will do well in that leadership role? Oh, I think he's he's, he's maturing, and we talked about yesterday how quickly you have to become a leader in New Zealand rugby these days because of the age. He's ready for it. He's been doing it for a long time. You get shunted into jobs like defence groups and that are pretty pretty much year two and three of your career. So he's always been a part of that. Um, the only thing with Anton is if there's anything important to happen or go down, make sure you get it across in the first five minutes because then the eyes just start to glaze over uh, as soon as you get to minutes seven, eight and nine in meetings. So just a word of warning to any Chiefs uh, leadership uh, cohorts of his. Uh, if you need Anton to get something across, make sure it's in the first five minutes. But no, he's not a bark me sort of guy. He'll he'll follow, he'll be across all the detail, but he's a he's a pretty cool, calm, collective character. As a leader, John, you know, like as an experienced player, were you a follow me or a bark your, bark your orders type of leader? Oh, a mixture, mate, a mixture. You know what I mean? Obviously different teams need different people and sometimes you'd be the guy, you know, follow me, head first into the breakdown but sometimes it's a bit of a have to wind the boys up and my role at Bristol at times we had uh, Stephen Latour the, the skips and ah. then he was like the good cop and I would run in and just rip everyone a new one so <laughs> you need that mix eh because rugby is an emotional sport and you just need that kick up the old ass sometimes just just on Stephen Latour I always thought saw him as a future all black captain do you think he was a big loss to New Zealand rugby when he did I know he went for the right reasons for himself and his family but always felt he was leaving right in his prime and I know he's had a great career over in the UK and played great in the World Cup as well Oh yeah, Dolph's a great player. You know what I mean. I think if he didn't leave, he would have played a lot more games. And the the way he leads Bristol is great. And it's hard to say because we have so many good players that come through. But he's definitely a guy that's still up in the UK and could walk into any international team. And obviously, he played for Samoa last year, so he's still got a lot to offer. Brilliant. Agenda three. All right, now for the fun one. Uh, Glenn Maxwell's chaotic night out ends in a stay in the hospital. Uh, man, this bloke just can't stay away from this sort of stuff. Um, so what I want to know from you, Beef and John, uh, any similar <clears throat> personal stories about maybe nights out um, away from the game that led to p- potentially uh, not getting into teams or... 
you know, stints on the sideline. Yeah, two stand out for me. Um, one involves me and John, and the <laughs> other one involves someone else dear to the show, correspondent from Australia, Richard Kahui. So we were first year All Blacks. We'd done the uh, internal season, and we went back, played a couple of games at the NPC, and then we were about to go on an interview tour. And we managed to fit in the end of season for Waikato as well, which is always special. Um, and it was out at a uh, farm owned by uh, former uh, All Black coach Scott McLeod's father. And, you know, he can't get in any trouble sort of thing. Do it on the farm, booze up, bonfire, blah, blah, all that sort of stuff. Well, the Waikato boys discovered a cattle branding, uh, branding iron uh, late <laughs> in the piece. And it just so happened to have a W. On it, and obviously being pr- proud Waikato boys, we thought it's only um, it's only fitting that uh, we start branding each other. And after it was explained how it would all work, uh, Kahui first up, um, very confident in himself. Uh, mm. This W was glowing orange. <laughs> Uh, I do believe it was said, uh, former Hurricanes coach uh, Chris Gibbs, who said, are you ready for this? And uh, put it on him and put it square on his backside, blistered up horrifically. We were in camp with the All Blacks two days later for about four days before we would go on an end of season, uh, end of year, sorry, end of year two of Europe. Cucks couldn't train. Could not train for the entire team. I think we, by the time we got to Japan or wherever the, the game was, that's when he was able to get on the training field. It infected. It got pussy. He still has the outline of it today, the W. Mm. Uh, that one and the other one that involves me and John is... What about the smell? Yeah, oh, the yeah, burning. Yeah, burning. Yeah, oh, horrible. Yeah, it was burning. But I mean, we were... This is 10.30. I mean, I you wouldn't expect much less from white people that play for Waikato. Oh, no. Right? Yeah, yeah. We're pretty That's basic. that stuff they drink down there <laughs> that no one else drinks. <laughs> yeah. Pretty basic. Yeah. Um, and then the one that involves me and Johnny is... And it's a little bit not my fault. I would got injured. On a, well, I think I got injured. It's a little bit not your fault. Yeah, it's yeah. a little bit my Me and John were invited to be the All Blacks representatives at the Laureus that year. Uh, we're the only ones in the UK, and clearly we weren't going to win it, because why else would you send us to? Um, and we went along that afternoon prior to getting the trip up to uh, London. I played in Exeter. Uh, Got a knock on my knee and thought, oh, a bit of a hematoma, carry on. Uh, went out and had a day with Johnny. Me and Johnny hadn't seen each other, so we probably had a uh, beer for every minute that we had not been together. Mm. And uh, anyway, I missed my train back to Bath, uh, slept through all the alarms, blah, blah, blah. Woke up and could not stand. And thankfully, once I got back to Bath, we went for scans, and that bump on my knee uh, was an MCL tear. Oh, I think it happened in that game when I thought it was a hematoma. Mm. But to be fair, the way that night unfolded for me and Johnny, it could well have happened just, that just, night. Just to, be clear, though, extra tears on it. just to be clear, though, John came out of that evening with no injuries uh, or, or anything of the sort. Emotionally scarred. <laughs> um, got, I think we were drinking at the bar six o'clock in the morning with the cricketer, Paul. Paul Collingwood. Paul Collingwood. Oh, yes. Maybe brilliant. John Smith. Um, um, who was that? Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson. Uh, uh, you you had a few beers of Tony Hawk because yeah, you're a mad yeah. skateboarder around the streets. Exactly, of 120 kg skateboarder for sure. <laughs> um, but then my taxi turned up at six in the morning, straight to the airport, uh, London to Ulster. Jump in my car. Let's just say it wasn't legal to drive. Drive to training and had to, had to do a, a whole contact session. No sleep. Hmm. And I just had to respond to Mr. Ian McGeek and say, "Oh, what's happened here?" I'm saying, yeah. I think I've done my knee in, coach. Okay, you can go back to New Zealand for two weeks. 
perfect. That's what happens when you. That's what happens when you kick the winning goal in the World Cup. You go to Bath, do your knee, and it's still okay. Well, uh, we'll move on from the agenda. Uh, we've just incriminated ourselves, and uh, John's got the Northern Ireland police still looking for him. <laughs> but uh, plenty more coming back up after this, including Brighteen and Paul Moadi from the TAB.